How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Food Heals Podcast, episode 292. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter how sick you are right now. You can come back from this. You can lose the weight. You can overcome chronic conditions. You can look and feel like a million bucks. A lot of people who are overweight are really over toxic and their, their fat cells actually swell up with toxins and that's because your body needs a place to put it. Genetics loads the gun, but it's what you eat, it's your lifestyle that pulls the trigger. Weight loss is a metabolic and hormonal response in the body. Our bodies can be fat burning machines, challenging yourself to do something that you couldn't easily do last week. Once you start to shift your internal vibration, the type of things that you materialize in the external world will blow you away. There is no one size fits all. So when you can separate yourself from that idea and stop seeking a quick fix and realize that you're making a lifelong commitment, that is when things can change for you. Sometimes it's the environment. You'd be shocked to see what kind of VOCs come off plastic blinds and keep people, keep uh, 10 pounds of weight on people. Like things like that. Wait, what? wait you're looking at my, you just looked, just at, looked at my blinds. blinds. Yeah. You just looked at our blinds. So the podcast blinds are keeping us back. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melanie. And there's a common theme that happens at the beginning of every new year, and that is people are setting resolutions and intentions to work out more, to lose weight, to eat better, and just to get healthier. But unfortunately, even when we have the best of intentions, the research actually shows that usually by February, most people have fallen back into their old habits, into their old patterns and forgotten their resolutions or have decided that whatever diet or exercise plan they chose to follow just didn't work. I believe this is because very often we are not getting to the root cause of the original problem and so we're doing all the surface level things that in theory should work but because these are temporary fixes or band-aid approaches they're not lasting and sustainable lifestyle changes and so very often we are not dealing with the issues that got our bodies to be sick or tired or overweight in the first place. So for me, it's all about a mind, body, and spirit approach to health and maintaining a healthy weight. And so I wanted to dedicate the next few episodes to truly inspiring you to make lasting and sustainable changes. So I've put together some of our most inspiring weight loss stories chosen from almost 300 podcast episodes now to help keep you motivated over the month of February and beyond. And in addition to the next few episodes that are going to focus on weight loss, I've also created a free course for anyone who wants to end emotional eating, drop the body shame, and lose the weight for good and truly create food freedom. So check out my five steps to food freedom at freeweightlosscourse.com. 
www.thecreativeoutlet.com. My promise to you is that if you listen to the next few episodes and take my free course, you will have renewed inspiration to continue on your health and wellness and weight loss journey and continue creating a healthier lifestyle for yourself. The truth is that food freedom is available to all of us. The body that you want can be yours. Your body is always, always striving for homeostasis. It is always striving for perfect balance. We just have to give it the tools that it needs to do so. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter how sick you are right now. You can come back from this. You can lose the weight. You can overcome chronic conditions. You can look and feel like a million bucks, but you got to put the work in. I'm not talking about hours at the gym. I'm talking about doing the emotional, spiritual, and physical work. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the next few episodes and in my five steps to food freedom free course. But if you still want the next level shit, I've got your back. If you really want to create a comprehensive plan to lose the weight for good and create food freedom, then you can actually join me for a three-week deep dive at dropthefoodshame.com. Inside this comprehensive course, you will receive three weeks of lessons, classes, practices, and meditations to truly heal yourself. I'll share with you the most effective healing tools to have in your emotional healing toolbox. I'll teach you the exact step-by-step process for when diet and exercise just aren't cutting it. You'll learn a process for identifying, shifting, and changing your core misbeliefs around your body. I'll teach you how to integrate trust, ease, and self-love into your daily practice. You'll learn how to stop overeating, stop stress eating, and stop emotional eating for good. I'll give you the exact healing meditations, tools, and processes that I used to love myself and love my body and create food freedom for myself. This is something that I have dealt with. This is something I have been through. This is something I have overcome, and I want to help you do the same thing. I want to help you find food freedom. So check that out, dropthefoodshame.com. And for now, please enjoy these clips from some of our Food Heals favorites. First up, Leslie and I are talking to Dr. Stephen Cabral about the role that functional medicine plays in weight loss. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Dr. Steve, you said something super interesting, which is a lot of times you'll start with a patient and you'll start with weight loss because what happens is they end up healing other ailments and chronic conditions. So can you tell us some good weight loss tips, some detox tips, how to get started and do it the right way, not the crash diet way? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that is the right way to do it because it's the only way that's sustainable. So a lot of people can lose weight in the short term, but they can't keep it off because you just can't keep up with three hours a day of cardio or exercise, taking down your carbohydrates very, very low. Or even, you know, the biggest thing right now is keto, right? Yeah. But it's not sustainable for most people. And for a certain subsect of uh, especially women, it lowers thyroid. So now you, after about two months, three months, you've lowered your thyroid, you've lowered your metabolism, you can no longer go back to the 1600, 1800 calories, 2000 a day, because now your body's surviving on 1000 calories a day, and your body's not able to utilize those carbohydrates in the same way. So what we do is we just try to do it from a real world perspective. And we also try to crowd out. So we don't want to deprive people. What we want to do is we want to crowd out the bad food. So if we start nourishing their body, especially like with a smoothie in the morning, 
and you put in some wild blueberries and raspberries and cherries, these low glycemic fruits, Yum. and you put some greens in there. And you, you made a smoothie, as I remember, when the first time we met, which was amazing. That's right. <laughs> and so if you can nourish the body with all these phytonutrients from plants, from basically vegetables and fruits and all those things, and good fiber, you're going to be satiated. You're not even going to go after as much coffee because your body's so hydrated yeah. and, and energized with those nutrients. And then at the same time, I always like to tell people, you don't need to be eating all day long. You can take three, four hours, five hours between a meal. Allow your body to digest. You'll actually expend less energy since about 30% of all our energy goes towards digestion. And then your body will actually start to get naturally hungry again. That's the time to feed it more good food, nourish it, allow your body to digest, and burn body fat between meals. So I'm a big advocate of crowding out the bad with more good yeah. rather than just saying, hey, let's just stop eating, right? Or let's deprive the body of these things. I, I This is totally so... agree. This totally is, agree. Eat while you're hungry. This is my favorite topic right now. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because I think I've been on this health journey for so long and every few years I'm like, I got it. I figured it out. And then every few years I get a new light bulb moment and then I figured it out for whatever it was. Okay, so... Hi guys. Um, so I think that this was a wake up call for me. And that was like you said, we don't have to be eating all the time because I was told by a wellness holistic health practitioner, not as wise as Dr. Cabral, but I was told that I had low blood sugar and therefore I had to eat every few hours. Like I needed to be grazing all day long. And then I'm wondering, why am I still feeling fatigued? Why am I still getting bursts of energy and then I want to take a nap, right? And this is sans coffee, but it's the same feeling as you have some coffee, you feel great, and then you crash. And that's how I was feeling. So this eating constantly wasn't working for me. And what I found for myself, and everyone's different, everybody is different, but taking longer breaks, which can also be called intermittent fasting, but not extremely long breaks, but um, longer breaks, eating less. When I do eat, I only eat an abundance of the healthiest foods I can find. Like in front of us, we have some of the greatest plant-based cheese. We've got some gluten-free crackers. We've got fruits and vegetables. Um, we've also got Rice Krispie <laughs> cheese made by Sorry. Leslie Gerso. Yay. I was experimenting this they're, morning. They're so but good. I actually agree. And I'm sure um, you would as well. Maybe. We'll see. But I really believe in listening to your body and eating when you're hungry and listening to it. Sometimes I need to eat four meals a day. Sometimes I need to eat one or two meals a day. I really just listen to my body. It tells me when I'm hungry. It tells me what I'm craving. It tells me what I, I'm missing in my diet. It tells me everything if I just tap in and listen to it. Yeah. And, and I agree with that when you get to the level that you're also at because you're so knowledgeable, right? But a a lot of people when they have a craving like my craving is for chocolate right but is that chocolate craving for chocolate or is it the magnesium in chocolate or is it for the caffeine that little bit of, of mm -hmm. a kick in chocolate like what is it or is it emotional because i just broke up with my boyfriend and i Absolutely. need some sugar right? Right? in my can life you, can you crave so, chocolate emotionally you can you can crave comfort foods yes. that would boost <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> serotonin so that's what i'm that's what we're looking at and i always tell so a healthy craving is this a healthy craving can be satiated by any healthy food but if your craving is for a specific food, not a healthy food, a specific food, it is most likely anxiety-based mm -hmm. and emotional-based. You're not really hungry. What you're looking to do is calm your nerves by putting some comfort food in there that would then spike serotonin and dopamine and start to calm the body. Yeah. So we can look at it in a few different ways. I do agree that you have to get to the point where you understand your body, that you're listening to your body, where if you're starting to get run down and a little bit of sick, you actually do want to stop eating. 
you want to allow, again, for that energy to go towards the immune system. If your body's telling you not to eat, then you don't need to eat. However, keep in mind, if that's on a daily basis for you, well, then here's what's most likely going on is you're in a fight or flight or a sympathetic nervous system dominant state. And that means that your body's so ramped up in that SNS, that sympathetic nervous system dominance, that fight or flight, that your digestive system shut off because your body can't do everything at once. So you do have to know, like you have to take a little mental checklist, like where am I right now? Am I very, very stressed? All right. If I am, that doesn't mean eat a whole food, but I know that I need to calm down my body. Let me go for a walk. Let me grab a smoothie. It's easy to digest. You're turning on the parasympathetic nervous system, shutting down fight or flight by going for that walk or taking a yoga class. So I I do think that we have to kind of uh, look at it from different areas. And as we're on a health journey, right? And I know that this year, it shouldn't happen, right? But every year older I get, I'm in better health. So we're all on this health journey together. We really are. And I just think that as you learn more about your health and yourself, you'll be able to listen to more about those emotions and tune in. And this is so important because I definitely fell into the trap of, okay, I'm not feeling well. I feel sick. Let me get on the couch and just eat some comfort food. But animals actually fast when they are sick because they innately understand that the body will heal itself during that fasting term. But what I discovered is that veterinarians don't know this. So I figured this whole thing out when my little doggy Jackson was a year and a half to two years old. And I believe that he ate something toxic. We're not fully sure what happened, but he went almost comatose. He couldn't walk. He lost all his functions and he was just in a a terrible state. So we take him to the emergency vet. We're like, oh my God, what happened? All of these things. So after three days of them doing every test under the sun and saying, well, it's not a brain aneurysm and it's not this and it's not that, they started saying, well, because he won't eat, it looks like, I don't remember her words, but essentially she was saying he may be dying and we need to talk about a permanent feeding tube for him to eat. That's when I lost it because I was like, no, he's healthy. He's only less than two years old. And I had to find another veterinarian who could help me, which I did. But the point is, is that they had no awareness that an animal would fast in order to heal. And all he needed was a few more days of not eating and healing himself. And so we brought him home. We broke him out of the vet that they were like, you have to watch him all night to make sure that he doesn't, you know, die. And we were like, we're willing to do that because I don't think what you're doing is working. And it's thousands of dollars a day. So we bring him home and all I did was I took some little syringes and I would squirt a little green juice in his mouth, a little veggie broth in his mouth and lots of water because they said if he wasn't being hydrated, which is a needle in the back that you hydrate them through, that he could pass away. Well, two days later, I found a vet who gave me the hydration, taught me how to inject the needle into him and give him that hydration. He was fine and jumping up and down like a brand new dog in a couple of days. And where is he? Oh, he's in here. Oh, he's asleep. He's a cute, cute little guy. He's asleep on the floor. You may not be able to see him. I know. There he is. But there he is. He's a dream. And that taught me so much because I realized I that animals fast in order to heal. And so why shouldn't humans? And then I started researching and finding out, oh, that's a thing too. Yeah. Like someone yeah. just said, you feed the cold, starve a fever. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? No, And I, I agree. It's And if you can create the artificial fever, which Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine has been talking about for years, mm-hmm. you'll heal even faster. And that's one of the reasons why saunas are becoming so popular right now, whether it's infrared sauna or it's a regular sauna, or maybe it's just a hot bath. You get in a hot Epsom salt bath or in Ayurvedic medicine, they do a hot mustard uh, Mm -hmm. powder bath. So any of these things can work. And because what you're doing is if you 
increase the heat, the fever. And they're like, we're always told to suppress fevers, right? And you should suppress a fever if it's life-threatening. Mm -hmm. But 100, 101 is not life-threatening. And so what happens is your body is naturally creating the fever. It's not messing up. And by increasing body temperature, you're improving the flow of white blood cells. Mm -hmm. So the actual exponential effect of getting more white blood cells to the infection or to the virus or bacteria, whatever's going on, is going to speed up. Plus, heat itself destroys viruses and microbes. So by creating that fever, back in the day, they used to do, they used to basically wrap you in this, this you know, sheet, basically an ice cold sheet, and let your body create its own fever against, so it's fighting against that cold. And these are all ways that we've forgotten. But even again, just looking at nature, we're, we humans have become so disconnected from nature over the last 150 years. And that is why I went overseas to study as well, because I said, this whole thing, conventional medicine, great. It's great for acute-based issues, but it's not helping anybody to get well. It's not helping them rebalance their body. And when you start to look at the Eastern-based philosophies, what they're teaching about is bioindividuality, body types. They're teaching you how you are connected with nature. There's so many people out there that believe that they're night owls, they, that they should stay up till two in the morning. That is a broken diurnal rhythm. I mean, there are clinical studies that show nurses that work the overnight shift. They live on average seven to 10 years less. Wow. And it's because they're producing cortisol at the wrong time and they're not producing melatonin at the right time. So they're not getting the anti-cancer benefits and they need to actually decrease those cortisol levels starting around, well, I mean, actually cortisol peaks out around 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., starts to decrease over the course of the day and really drops out at 10 p.m. And that's why if we just put people outside in the tent, right, they would no longer be night owls. After about three weeks, you would go to sleep a couple hours after the sun sets. And you would, trust me, you'll wake up in a tent when that sun's rising. There's no way you're not waking up. So that will reset your diurnal rhythm and it will teach you that you are not a nocturnal animal. I'm a big believer in anchoring your day. Start your day with the same routine every morning, end your day with the same routine at night, when, yeah. whenever you can. Totally agree. Yeah, I love my morning routine, even if it's a little later than yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I promise detox and weight loss tips. So let's go back there a little bit more. And you have your detox shakes, which I am now a connoisseur of, and I will do them a lot of the times while I'm kind of fasting until I decide to eat. It'll be my morning routine. And can you talk a little bit about detoxification and why it's important to incorporate that? Not just like people think, well, we're going to do a five-day detox, but how can we keep our body detoxing sure. throughout the day. Yeah, I think it's really important to understand too what a what a detox is versus like a cleanse and all those yeah, different types of things. So yeah. You know, a detox naturally happens in your body every day. It's your liver filtering your blood. Your kidneys do it as well, but your liver is the main organ. It's right underneath the right side of your rib cage. I'm not just grabbing my rib cage here. Um, and what it does is it takes all the toxins. We're exposed to over 77,000 man-made chemicals in the environment. Uh. It's in the air. It's in the water. It's on the seats that we were talking about. It's literally everywhere, right? So what we want to do is just give our body a little bit more help. That's it. So a functional medicine detox is really the way to help ramp up what's called phase one and phase two detox. And I won't get too deep on this, but basically phase one, your body needs all the B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin E, glutamine, all those great things. And then it turns all this fat soluble toxins. That's why a lot of people who are overweight are really over toxic and their, their fat cells actually swell up with toxins. And that's because your body needs a place to put it. So if it cannot remove it right away, it's going to put it in the adipose tissue, which is called your fat. So what happens is that brings water along with it and you literally swell, you look puffy, you look swollen. And so we, know that because we can test fat cells. Fat cells, adipose tissue is 300 times more toxic than your blood. So you're not going to find it in your blood. 
because it safely put it away. But what we want to do is as we're oxidizing body fat, as we're breaking down body fat, it then goes into the bloodstream. So it can be harmful if we don't remove it properly. So we have the phase one nutrients, and then what we need are the phase two nutrients that turn this fat-soluble toxin, an intermediary metabolite, to a water-soluble toxin, so the way that we do that is through essentially cruciferous-based vegetables. Mm-hmm. So broccoli especially. So broccoli contains sulforaphane. Now we can ramp it up with a functional medicine detox that can last 7, 14, or 21 days just to give you a kickstart. We'll talk about that. We do that seasonally, right? So you don't have to do it all the time. You do it seasonally just like they talked about in Ayurvedic medicine. So what we do then is we get things that are N-acetylcysteine, all of those things that ramp up something called glutathione. And that allows us to then naturally remove it from our body because, again, our bodies do it, not us. We just give it the ability to do it through the, the stool, your bowel movements. That's why it's so important to have one to two bowel movements per day. A lot of women that I work with, especially in my practice, they think once or twice a week going to the bathroom is normal. Right. Having bowel movements. They're and clearly not vegan. They're toxic, right? <laughs> uh, and, and our detox is actually, so our, our detox powder is vegan. It's, it's just uh, plant-based. And of course, of course, you want to try to limit the amount of toxins coming into your body during a detox, of course. Uh, but the other part is that we eliminate during the stool, through the urine, we eliminate through sweat, and we eliminate through the lungs. So our job on a daily basis, though, is to get all of those going, right? You don't wait for a seasonal detox. Uh, again, every 12 weeks or so, doing an Ayurvedic-based detox also helps to cleanse the body. So we're coming out of winter into spring. Our body's naturally meant to get rid of all that heat, which could then manifest itself as allergies, skin rashes, asthma. And we can do that again through a, a I mean, what we have is just a functional medicine uh, detox called the Ball Detox. But again, if you're working with a functional medicine practitioner, you can use a lot of other great brands. The goal is, though, is to ramp up liver function. Now, a cleanse is different. A cleanse means you're trying to get everything out of your intestines. That's typically what a cleanse means. Uh, we use it in different ways now. Like we have ways, we have like bone broth cleanses. I'm like, how is a bone broth a cleanse? Like, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Uh, <laughs> what's the cleanse taking place? Uh, I know an intestinal cleanse where we're using laxatives and we're using bentonite clay. And like, I can get behind all that, not all the time, but yeah, every once in a while, I totally understand that. So I think there's just a lot of marketing gone wrong right yes. now. And it's confusing people because, um, Drinking bone broth is not a cleanse. It's just not. All right. That was a clip from episode 201. If you want to go back and listen to the full episode, feel free. And you can also check out Dr. Cabral and learn how to work with him over at stephencabral.com. Next up, Susie and I are chatting with Chef AJ, who has a very inspiring story of how she dropped her food addictions, got fit, and still eats whatever she wants, plant-based, whole foods, of course, and lost the weight for good. Roll it, Roxy. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Okay, great. Uh, Well, my name's Chef AJ, as you said, and I've been vegan now for almost 40 years, but a chef for about 20 years, and I was somebody who was, you know, quite overweight and obese as a child, and even though I was vegan, I still did not have very good health. I was almost 200 pounds. I had the beginning of colon cancer, and when I learned that food, like you say, food really does heal, and I changed my diet, not just from a junk food vegan diet, to a to what is like a health promoting vegan diet like I lost weight my energy improved I reversed my precancerous polyps and my life completely changed and that was about 13 years ago and I was so excited by this information that I just made it my mission to share it with as many people as I could 
That is beautiful. So how old were you when you got this diagnosis? I was 43 and I'm 56 now. Mm -hmm. So I was 43 years old. And, uh, you know, I I mean, I I had some health benefits from being vegan. I had low cholesterol. I didn't have heart disease. I didn't have diabetes. But, you know, you you can only escape uh, the ravages of the standard American diet so long. I mean, you know, it will catch up with you at some point. Nobody gets out of it alive. Yeah, absolutely. So I know one of your big things is about eating unprocessed foods and avoiding sugar and processed food. So do you think that was part of the problem? Oh, I know that was the entire problem because I hadn't eaten animal products or dairy in, you know, in 26 years. But what did I eat? I ate sugar and flour and oil and salt and, you know, you know, potato chips are vegan and, and, and soda is vegan. And that's all I ate was I didn't eat food. I didn't eat any fruits and vegetables till I was 43. And, you know, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Now that's all I eat. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. My mouth just dropped open. I'm like, you're vegan, but you didn't eat fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I know. My, my husband used to joke that I was the only vegetarian that didn't eat fruits and vegetables, that he that I thought Skittles were a fruit. And I did. You know, they were fruity flavored. They were the color of the rainbow. That was crazy, huh? I mean, who knew? I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know about food addiction back then. And I didn't know I was a food addict because that's why I couldn't stop. You know, it's really interesting because a lot of people think when they go vegan, they are being healthier. But there are so many choices that you have to make as a vegan, as a vegetarian to keep yourself healthy. It's not, you know, a clean bill of health just to not eat those products. You have right. to also incorporate the good products as well and cut Absolutely. the crap. Absolutely. That's why, you know, Dr. McDougall lectures about what he calls the fat vegan because there are a lot of junk food vegans. I mean, it's still, you know, there's still benefits in going vegan, I believe. I mean, it's certainly better for the animals and it's certainly better for the planet. But if you don't eat fruits and vegetables and you just eat processed food, whether it's vegan or not, you're not going to be your best self and your healthiest self. And I think at some point that's that's going to show or, or you're going to come down with some kind of disease uh, because of it. Yeah, I know. We totally agree. So how did you start to deal with your cravings and your food addictions and get rid of that processed food and really make that shift? Well, you, you just have to do it. I mean, I, this is something like, you know, if you're not, if you're an addict, if you're an alcoholic, for example, and you decide to become sober, you don't become sober by, by drinking less alcohol or by switching from, you know, vodka to light beer. You, you become sober by completely abstaining from alcohol. And really, that is the only thing that works for addiction. Moderation does. Well, first of all, I don't believe moderation works at all anyway, but it certainly doesn't work for addiction. And so I just had to make the decision to, to, to stop all the those foods and I couldn't do it alone at home I went to a place called the Optimum Health Institute in San Diego you know I went to a live-in place and there's many of these places there's places in Santa Rosa like the McDougal program and True North Health so there's places you can go that that makes the detox easier but at some point you know it's like ripping a band-aid off you just have to do it you know if you do it slow I think it actually hurts more that's great advice so how long did you do the program for until you were able to leave and then incorporate it into your day-to-day life well, um, the Optimum Health program is three weeks, and I did one week when I first went, and then I went to their other campus in Austin and did a second week. I actually never completed my third week, but you know, it's that, like I always say, going unprocessed is a process. It didn't <laughs> happen overnight. I mean, there were there were slips and slides along the way and bumps in the road, but you know, you just the, the thing is, is you can never you can't say that. Well, you know, uh, I'm never going to relapse. That doesn't generally work. You just have to know what to do when it happens, and you just have to pick yourself back up and just get right back on your plan immediately. So you know, it was 
it was a process. It, it wasn't perfect overnight, but I was I was way better, you know. And and it started with abstaining from the foods that are the most highly addictive: sugar, flour, and alcohol. So, what would you say was the tipping point that sent you on your journey to really change your life? Like, what made you make that decision? <laughs> well, I woke up bleeding, and I mean really bleeding, bleeding profusely, and that's how that was the tipping point because that was not fun. And yeah. I, you know, and so uh, you know, and you know, all my relatives had, had either had or died from these lifestyle related diseases which I didn't realize were lifestyle related you know it's just when you grow up with with fat sick people in your family you know you just assume that you get to a certain age and you inject insulin in your belly every day and that these things are normal and it really wasn't until I went to Optimum Health that I learned for the first time let alone from people that were doctors and nurses that what we eat have a has a profound effect not only on how we look and how we feel but what diseases we actually acquire and which ones we can reverse and I realized that you know almost all the diseases that Americans are suffering from, certainly heart disease, you know, these are preventable illnesses. These are lifestyle related illnesses and genetics really only pays a very small part. Genetics loads the gun, but it's what you eat. It's your lifestyle that pulls the trigger. And so, you know, once I learned this information, it was like, gosh, why didn't anybody tell me this? You know, because maybe I could have made better choices sooner. I don't know if I would have, but at least it would have been nice to know. Absolutely. So what are you eating today? Like, how are you sustaining your health? Uh, uh, sweet potatoes are the, my are my primary source of calories, but I eat I, I eat what's called ad libitum. I eat as much as I want, as often as I want, whenever I want, but of the right foods. And the foods are the fruits, the vegetables, the whole grains, and legumes. And that's what I eat. I don't eat processed food at all. I don't eat any sugar, oil, or salt. And I definitely don't drink alcohol. And I, I limit my high fat foods. I mean, I, I think the whole food fats like nuts, seeds, and avocado are very healthy. But as a food addict, these can be real trigger foods for me. The, these delicious, luscious, higher fat. Mm-hmm. food so I, I I kind of abstain for them or at least limit them and but I get to eat as much as I want now and and remain slim I mean I'm thinner than I've ever been in my life but I get to eat way more food and it's just really fun and it's really delicious that's awesome I love this yeah. philosophy <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the program that you did what really do they do there that makes you get rid of the cravings or you just have to do that yourself do they have the emotional component well, they they did at Optimum Health. There were there were classes with psychologists, and they they were very very helpful. But I think w- what they do to support you as you're detoxing is they're giving you the most nourishing food there. They they grow their own organic food there, and you're that's all you're eating are sprouts and seed cheeses and fruits and vegetables and juices. So you're eating very very high nutrient foods. At the same time, you know you're doing things like wheatgrass and rejuvelac and 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 things like that. So you're not only abstaining from the harmful foods, but they're feeding you just very very nourishing healing foods which which really helps but you know it does take some time it's not like you know you just it doesn't happen overnight and I think the longer you've eaten in a health destructive manner maybe the longer the detox can take but that's why it's so great to go to a place and do it in an environment of complete rest when you don't have to work and don't have any other stressors going on. So that's why these places can be really helpful for people making the change. And it also, you're with a group of like-minded people that are making the same changes, and it's actually easier and, and when you have that kind of group support. Yeah, absolutely. I think having a community and doing it with other people is so helpful because it's hard to start something new on your own when you don't have the support of your family, your friends, maybe not even your doctor. 
Yeah, it, it, absolutely. That's why these places are so great because community is really important and, and that, that can be a deal breaker for some people. And that's why some people really don't make these lifestyle changes is because they don't want to be, you know, the fish out of water, the odd man out because it's so important to many people what their families and friends think of them that they don't want to, they can't dare to be different, even if it means saving their own life. Yeah. And what did you find psychologically? We know that food addiction is very physical, but it's also psychological. How did you clear your psychological addiction? You know, I did programs. I mean, I work with individual people. I mean, there's a wonderful book called Shrink Yourself by Dr. Roger Gould that I think is probably the best book on emotional eating. And he also has a program by the same name. And I did that. And that was really helpful. But, you know, I don't know if you ever really overcome an addiction completely. I think you just change it for healthier ones. And so I had to start instituting healthy behaviors like regular exercise, which I had never done, and and meditation. And so you need to put in good things if you're taking out bad things. You can't just stop doing a behavior. You have to supplement it with something that's going to nourish you in other ways. You know, Dr. Peek, who wrote The Hunger Fix, calls it mind, muscle, and mouth. So it's not just changing the diet. You have to, you've got to move the body and you've got to do something to nurture your mind, like yoga and meditation, those kind of things. So that's, that's what, that's what I did. And that's what I still do, you know, because I don't think you ever really recover from any addiction. I think you, you can manage it and you manage it by doing health promoting behaviors every single day you know it's like that's what that's why they get that saying in in AA one day at a time and that's really what it is and that's how life should be lived anyway I mean it's really all you can do tell us a little bit about how you then took your new learnings took your new life and transformed this into your career you said this is all you wanted to do and now you have yes. a website and a book and you're doing oh yeah and a pro- well because well, you know people were you know when people see a change in you physically especially you know when you lose 50 pounds you you know, we have more than two-thirds, more, actually, I think it's more than three-fourths now of Americans who are overweight, and more than half of those are obese. And so when somebody loses a significant amount of weight, you know, people notice, and it's like, hey, what'd you do? And, you know, I would tell people, but it just, it, it, until I created, like, a program, and I actually, I, I run it in Los Angeles Live, but I also run it online, the Ultimate Weight Loss Program, I, then I had a context where I could just teach people what I did. And, you know, it's funny, because the people that do it are having the exact same results. I mean, the, you know, you see on these commercials, like, results are aren't typical. I'm telling you, results are typical if you follow the program. And it's really just eating fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. I mean, eating real food as much as you want, but not eating processed foods is, is and, and animal products. And it's it's amazing that I, I mean, like I'll, I travel a lot and I'll meet people that are in my program. I don't know everybody by name because there's so many. And they'll say, oh my God, I followed your program. I lost 200 pounds. I'm like, wow. I mean, that's amazing. Thank you. You know, I mean, it's so it makes you feel so good that you're able to help people and uh and but mainly that it works and that it's sustainable and that it's delicious and it's really not that hard the hard part is starting you know and the hard part because when you're addicted to something the thought of not having it again it can be really difficult and that's why we don't say at the beginning you can never have sugar flour and alcohol again but the reality is is to recover that that is the truth you know we tell people let's just try this for do an experiment for 21 or 30 days we can do anything for 30 days and then what happens is at the end of that month they feel so good they've lost so much weight that they're they're getting a taste of what recovery is like and and that doesn't mean to say that some don't relapse and but but at least you got that foundation of of what what health can feel like, you know? I always find it so amazing when you see these commercials, usually for medications, where it says when diet and exercise don't work. And it's like, they always work if you actually do it. 
but oh my god that, but, that cracks me up that oh it, it actually makes me mad because it's like they're lying right now yeah they're giving people a way out and they're not saying hey the biggest problem is your lifestyle the way you're not taking care of your body what you know and the bad stuff you're putting in maybe you should swap that out and move a bit more and things will get better but they don't say that they say when diet and exercise fail Pop this pill. It makes me mad. Exactly. Or when, I love the one that says, if, if you have an erection lasting over four hours, and they don't tell you that, that, that impotence is caused by heart disease and that by the time a man you know, has um, impotence, he's already got advanced heart disease and that changing their diet will completely alleviate their impotence. You know, they don't tell you anything. Wow, actually. I did not know that. I'd heard yeah, of that before, um, yeah. Dr. Terry Mason from the movie Forks Over Knives, he says, if you have vascular disease anywhere, you have it everywhere. And, and he always talks about impotence being the canary in the coal mine, that heart disease in the male often starts with the penis because those smaller, smaller arteries often get blocked first. Mm. And so if you want to avoid taking a blue pill, just eat a couple of green leaves, you know. That's a great quote. That's a tweetable right there. There you go. All right. That was a clip from episode 78 of Food Heals. Yes, we went deep into the archives for that one. If you want to listen to the full episode, go find episode 78. And you can find Chef AJ at chefajwebsite.com. And if you're enjoying these stories so far and they're inspiring you and you're ready to create a plan for food freedom for yourself, go check out freeweightlosscourse.com where I give you my five steps to food freedom. These are five things that you can start implementing into your lifestyle right away to kickstart your weight loss and wellness journey. Next up, we're talking to Drew Cannoli from Organifi, and Drew shares his story of losing 45 pounds by ditching soda for green juice and ditching bar hopping for joy seeking. Roll it, Roxy. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so um, who I am is a man that is uh, radically passionate about helping people find their, um, their purpose, their passion, their mission. And I do that through waking people up on a cellular level through nutrition, similar to what you two do. Helping people transform their physical body is a small part of what we do at Fit Life and Organifi. But I like to think that our big, you know, hairy, audacious goal, if we want to call it that, is to get 1.6 billion people drinking green juice every single day because that's how many people are actually drinking Coca-Cola every day. 1.6 billion. billion. So if we can change the the vibration and the food people are consuming, then we can start to shift the whole entire planet. And there is no wonder, you know, like we see all this chaos on the news and all the stuff that's happening. I don't need to go into it, but um, I believe nutrition plays a huge role in the way people feel. It's true. uh, You do too. So I'm here to make people feel good. I'm here to help them experience radical amounts of joy, love, and have fun because Everyone wants to have fun in life. And if your you're three-dimensional meat suit, as I like to call it, is not operating mm-hmm. at its fullest, that's something that we get to work on. I'm here to help people do that. What a beautiful mission. Now that I know how many people consume soda, I'm going to make that part of our mission too because, wow, ditch that soda, pick up that yeah. green juice, everything will start to shift, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Like once you start to shift your internal vibration – the type of things that you materialize in the external world uh, will blow you away. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was going to, I was just thinking about that statistic and like, okay, so we know soda is bad enough, but then some people drink diet out of that 1.6 billion. How many are drinking diet, which Which is worse, worse, which can be a neurotoxin if that stuff is heated, you know? So, wow. 
Yeah, neurotoxin, excitotoxin, like you name it, some of the worst stuff you could probably put in your body. And I did it. You know, for years, I was a much larger uh, cannoli than I, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> you were a big cannoli. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was definitely uh, about 40 pounds overweight, out of shape, seven years ago. And I had a man introduce me to my first green juice. And it was just three ingredients. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was kale, it was Swiss chard, and it was pear. And I drank this thing. I was used to having like Red Bull and, you know, the monster energy drinks. And I was just, I was doing uh, mortgages. I was helping people with credit. I was not happy. I was going out every weekend and drinking alcohol and just escaping my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then we have every hero has their journey, but I had this this breakdown moment where I saw myself literally die in a dream. And oh my god! I saw the people that would be around me, given that we'll call it like the life path or the um, timeline, if you want to get into like timeline theory and stuff. And I saw how few people actually showed up, and the difference that I made in other people's lives because I was so consumed and so focused on me, and it woke me up. Literally, like the next morning, I'm like, if I'm going to do one thing in this life, I'm going to contribute and give back to others. And I had a mentor at the time, Frank, he's this 87-year-old sage, like just imagine like a Jedi. You go in there and he teaches you the way, how to use the force. And this was meeting Frank every single morning like this for two years. And I finally listened and I started drinking copious amounts of green juice every day, 32 ounces. And then I did a fast. So I did seven days of nothing but green juice and I lost about 15 pounds. Wow. And the first, I would say two and a half to three weeks. Some of that was water, as you know, it gave me the results and the motivation that I needed to continue to lose the rest of the 40 pounds in 90 days. Mm-hmm. And I documented it. I posted it on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And within about 90 days, I had like 350,000 followers back seven years ago. This is incredible. Hundreds of transformations were pouring in of people juicing. This was before like fat, sick, and nearly dead. And it was almost before like any influencer was really on YouTube. Like influencers were just starting to use it. There was no word for influencer, right? Yeah, there was no word for influencer back then. So I was like the OG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. So You're the granddaddy you of, think of Joe Cross as the OG of juicing, but really, it's, you were the. It's OG. really it's ancient Egypt. It's hypocrisies. It's ancient technology. Really, that's you know they some would argue that they had more advanced technology than we have today, and I believe it. You know, juicing was just one of the things that we got from them. They used to crush veggies with huge rocks. Uh, hypocrisies to make elixirs out of stuff like that back in the day. And he was the father of modern medicine, as you know. Yeah, there's just so much good stuff you can get. You start liquefying the enzymes and the aminos and all the stuff that's in the adaptogens and the roots and the, the different vegetables that are out there. It's insane what it does for your body. Have you guys ever met Charlotte Gerson? We haven't met her, but yeah, we're huge followers of her work. Yeah, she's like a vortex of life. You look in this woman's eyes and she just radiates uh, life. Like she's so tapped in. She literally still drinks like six to eight juices a day and uh, does multiple enemas every single day. Like it's insane. Wow. It's hardcore. You know, and so I've done this too, but not on a daily basis, but I've done the five days. I've done more than five, but the one I remember that was the most intense was the five days of 
green juice, supplements, colonics, and I lost five pounds in five days. And that was the first, and I didn't have as much to lose, right? That was the first time I discovered the power of this. And the mental clarity that came along with the juicing was incredible. It was nothing I had ever experienced before. It was, I was connected. I was on fire. I was downloading from the universe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I feel the same way. I just wanted to um, let you know that I really hear this in your sincerity and your voice. It's profound what the first juice cleanse can actually do for you. It blew me away too. The clarity, the creativity, the new consistency that I got from it, the willpower, the determination that I built up from that first cleanse changed my my life completely. And so you've lost weight. You've gotten to the place you wanted to go. And how did you continue? You were just so motivated. Like, how did you not fall back yeah. into your old patterns and that kind of stuff? I um, We do what's called the white identity. And we it's part of our hiring process, too. So we like literally, uh, we haven't done it in a while, but we used to sit down and we would record a new employee upon arriving to our company. And we would record why they're there. Uh, what do they want to see happen in 90 days? What do they want to hear from the rest of the company? What do they want to feel? And uh, what does it look like? Like, so we would ask them these questions. We would have people literally crying because uh, like physically they were leaving a job that they didn't love, that they weren't tapped into, that they weren't really utilizing their fullest expression of their life in the work that they were doing. And they came to us because they wanted to make a difference in other people's lives. So the identity really helped me answering those questions day in and day out and having a why, like we say, a why that makes you cry. (laughs) I love this. This is so smart. So returning to the why every day and the vision for something outside of yourself is really what helped me stay consistent because I realized it wasn't about Drew. It wasn't about the results that I had, uh, the ego Drew, you know, the, it wasn't about making videos to uh, get likes. It wasn't about how many people could I reach and and how much um, engagement could I get? You know, it wasn't a popularity contest back then. Uh, And it isn't now. It is more about what's the difference? You know, what, even if it's just one email that I get every day and somebody helped, it helps somebody with their autoimmune disease or, um, you know, their diabetes or their anxiety went away because they've been drinking green juice. That's what fuels me. And that's what wakes me up in the morning. So, and that's why I love what I do so much is because there's nothing, there's no greater cosmic gift you can give to somebody than helping them heal from the inside out. Amen to that. I know you're preaching our (laughs) language, man. It's like, that's exactly what we, that's what we try to do. And I hear you speak and it's just, you're so eloquent. And I think part of the reason that you rose to the Uh, you know, I don't know what the right word is, influential level that you rose to is because of your authenticity and because of sharing the truth. And, you know, when you watch your videos, it looks like I'm I'm listening to my friends speak. It doesn't seem like I'm a YouTuber. I'm going to tell you what's up. You know, it feels very authentic. And I love that about what you do. So thank you for what you're bringing to the world. And one of my favorite videos of yours was where you were talking about how to have a healthy morning routine. I think this will go back to what we're saying. So can you tell us about how you start your day and how that really helps start the rest of your life as your mentor told you? Yeah. So morning rituals are huge for me. I've had a morning ritual for, I would say the whole seven years for sure. And uh, sometimes it's tough because of the energy that we 
spend as human beings. So when I first started this, I was waking up at seven or eight every morning and I thought I was an early riser. And then I challenged myself one day to get up at six. I'm like, wow, this is really early. Waking up at 6 a.m., like what's going to happen? And I <laughs> Me and Susie are like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I found that actually by doing that and working at 6 a.m. and just plugging in and getting my meditation done, going to the gym, drinking my green juice, having 32 to 40 ounces of water first thing in the morning with apple cider vinegar, lemon, cayenne pepper, a little sea salt for the minerals, doing that, meditating, reading a book, generally spiritually in our format. So reading scripture, uh, the Bible, the Tao Te Ching, different things like that puts me in an optimum state of my mind. And in that place, it's a lot harder to uh, disrupt me like throughout the day. So basically doing seven to 10 different things every morning in a ritualistic pattern really helps set me up for success. So, and one of the things that I do every morning is also creativity. So I play the guitar or I beat on the drum that I have, a Native American drum or the jambe that I have at the house. I just... Yes. This is awesome. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Put your, using music to put myself in almost like a a self-induced shamanic state. And then I anchor futuristic events or uh, things that I would like to see created in my future. And I see that as the vision as I go through like this uh, ceremony every morning. It's been super profound and powerful. When people come over to my house and they stay here, they leave, they're like, holy crap, like it just completely changes their life because most people don't have these rituals and ceremonies. Especially on a daily basis. Yeah. Life is such a precious gift. And also so focused on yourself and, and what you're trying to create, like on mu- and, and addressing multiple levels that way. That's yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So being the muse, you know, and um, the art of war was a good book where he talks about that. It's like allowing divinity to flow through me versus ever trying to do something humanly because human will only get you so far. I believe divine will is so much more powerful. So for me, that's really worked like tapping into divine will and um, knowing that it was never about little old Drew, but it was about the big you. It was about tapping into the oneness that all of us can experience. To hear our full episode with Drew, go back to episode 181 of Food Heals. And don't forget to check out Drew's products at OrganifiShop.com. You know that I love traveling with my Organifi green juice packs. I cannot live without them. They're convenient, easy to use. They've got all the detoxifying herbs you need, which is perfect when you're on the go. And you know that I'm obsessed with ending my day with the Organifi Gold. It helps me sleep and detox while I dream. And the Organifi Glow is the product I discovered this summer that I'm also really excited about because it helps you build collagen naturally, all vegan, using superfoods. So Glow and all of the products from Organifi are vegan, organic, gluten-free, soy-free, keto-friendly, all of the things. So if you're ready to nourish your skin and reclaim its natural radiance, get better sleep, get more energy, Organifi has given us a sweet discount code, Food Heals, to get 20% off your first order. Next up is a clip from our interview with Alita. She is a life strategist, a culinary artist, and personal trainer who used the law of attraction to lose 80 pounds and heal herself of a multitude of chronic diseases. Roll it, Roxy. I am fascinated. I can't wait to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. We love the spiritual shit. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Tell us 
that's really who you are and what you do. I, you know what? I, I guess I'm a soul traveler. Um, it started when I was at USM. I think is when I really found out who I really am. Which USM, for anyone listening, is University of Santa Monica, which is where I met Alita, and we both attended school there. Amen to that. So good. Um, and while I was there, uh, I got my call to be a spiritual teacher, and I went home and I thought, you know, people are going to think I've freaking lost my mind. And, you know, I, <laughs> yep. I can't I can't go back and tell them, oh, yeah, I've had this spiritual awakening, <laughs> and you should listen to me. You know, and so I spent the next six months trying to validate myself. I wrote a book in two days trying to, you know, prove my, myself worthy. And, um, you know, about six months later, I had a near death experience. And that is when I opened my eyes to consciousness and figure out what the hell am I doing here? And it really showed me that, you know, my purpose here is to remind people of what their soul purpose is. You know, if I can help to bring out the goodness in them, remind them that they are an embodiment of soul, of source, of consciousness, of God itself, then they're able to see their potential. They're able to wake up and, and live the life that they truly desire and deserve. But until then, they're they're still trying to fit into the social norms. They're still trying to fit into the box and, and seek outside validation. So what I do is I help people, rem- I help to remind people of that inner truth. Amen to that. (laughs) Wow, Obi likes it too. Obi likes it too. That is a very, very noble cause. Thank you so much. (laughs) Obi is really excited about that. No, I love what you're doing. It's so exciting. And the way that you just said that, like, I wish that I could go back and listen to that and really have a clear picture of like, the way that you can affect people with that knowledge and that understanding. And I know that you and I went through this program and we learned all these things, but like the fact that you're applying it to not only your own life, but also your clients and friends and family's lives is really incredible. You know, it's funny that you say that because there was some good friends of mine, uh, Preston Smiles and Lexi Panos. We were having a conversation one day, actually it was on New Year's Eve. And they were, we were talking about how, you know, while we receive messages from spirit, it's selfish for us to keep them to ourselves. You know, it's they're given to us, not for us to hold them for ourselves, but to share them with the world. And I think, you know, from my own experience in working with clients, we forget that the gifts that we're given, the, the natural strengths and talents that we're given aren't just given to us to benefit from. They're to inspire others and to share with others. And, and we forget to unwrap the fullness of what that gift is. And I always go back to, you know, the story of when we first had gift bags. Remember when gift bags first came out? Um, my mom used to wrap uh, a bunch of tiny little things in, in their own pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. But people didn't understand the concept of the bag. So they would open up one and be like, oh, this is great. And they forget or they would not even realize that there was more to unwrap. <laughs> and so now I'm realizing that, you know, what I'm getting these gifts but as I look at that gift there's so much more beneath the surface and I have to continue to unwrap it every single day to really understand what that purpose is and why I'm being given that gift that's beautiful I love that comparison yeah um so before you were this like radiant individual in front of us doing everything that you're doing (laughs) tell us about your before and how you made the transition I know that you have a really empowering story on your website of like how you lost weight and really changed your life can you tell us a little bit about that absolutely um I spent the first 20 years of my life just really struggling with depression obesity Uh, I had a lot of chronic illnesses uh, chronic fatigue syndrome fibromyalgia 
Um, I had symptoms of Epstein Barr, and all and you the- were twenty years old. Yeah, I was twenty. Um, I was twenty one when I got a third different diagnosis from a doctor to go on Prozac. I went in for cold and flu symptoms, and the doctor said, "Look, you know what? Something's got to change in your life. Let me just give you some Prozac, and oh. and it'll make you feel better. And progressively, we'll just up the dosage as you need more." And I said, "You know what? I can't do this. This you're the third person who's tried to tell me that." So. I called my mom from the parking lot. I was in tears and she's in tears. And, you know, and and she went to this store to go find me some natural remedies. She brought me home Kava Kava. And it was at that moment I realized I could not take Kava Kava because I spent three days in fetal position crying my eyes out. Wow. So I had to make some serious life changes. And I, I decided, well, I've been on every diet under the sun. And obviously I'm addicted to food. So I've got to find a way to make food healthy for me. And that was when I decided to go to culinary school. And it was while I was in culinary school that I found, you know, I found my power. Uh, I was able to learn about nutrition mainly because um, as I went there, I, I realized that I couldn't just do it for me. I had to go teach other people. You know, if, if I'm going to go do this, I need to share it with somebody. I've always known that in my heart. And I was running down the staircase of my dorms. And I was so big at the time that I stopped dead in my tracks because I heard this really strange noise. And I realized it was my thigh slapping together (laughs) as I was running down the stairs. And I thought, okay, this is just ridiculous. If I'm going to go teach other people, I've got to change my life. And it was at that moment that I started buying every fitness magazine, shopping at GNC, changing my food. And then when I graduated, I I started working, you know, more to really understand spa cuisine and healthy cuisine. And and I I ended up losing 80 pounds. And in that process of losing 80 pounds, a lot of my chronic illnesses just started to dwindle away. And it was pretty miraculous how, you know, that correlation happened. But in that moment, so much of my life changed. And that was when I decided, you know what, I love the food industry and I'm I'm doing my dream job, but this is not where I want to be. And I left cold turkey to become a personal trainer because I, I realized I needed to go do that hands-on work. That's amazing. Thank you. And 80 pounds, that's like a 10-year-old kid, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not small potatoes. Can you imagine the pain that you feel on your joints and in your head all day long when, you know, when you're carrying that around? It's it's miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And the physical weight we always hear is related to the emotional weight, emotional baggage we carry, right? Can you talk a little bit about that and letting that go? Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty incredible you asked this question because that was one of the things that I worked on at USM that led to my near-death experience. Um, I My parents divorced when I was six, and I was molested as a young, mm. very young child. And there was a lot of a lot of friction going on over the course of my life where um, I was exposed to different things that children shouldn't be exposed to, right? Mm-hmm. You just They just don't have the context to understand. And so I was, I was harboring a lot of guilt for taking ownership that I was allowing those things to happen as if it was my fault. And so I, I, I was realizing that, you know, I was, was not feeling worthy enough to take ownership of my life. I was pointing the finger and blame at other people. And when I went on the, the journey to finally lose the weight once and for all, that was when I really started understanding that, you know, nobody's going to fix my life except for me. Nobody's going to change my life except for me. And at the same time, that was when I started my spiritual journey. So I was doing yoga every single day. I was reading books by Alan Watts, Thich Nhat Hanh, Lama Surya Das. Um, I started experimenting with mushrooms. You know, this whole this whole awakening experience for me was just, you know, to stop judging myself for wanting to know more, stop judging myself for wanting to understand. 
And rather than holding myself to that victim identity, I was choosing to to see what other identity I could create. And that was really the process. But what was fascinating was I, I was remember I remember I was at USM in that final week of lab. And it was midweek. And one of the professors said, she said, you know, bring something that you have been afraid to talk about this entire time. And I'm like, oh man, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> I have cleared so much. I feel amazing. And all of a sudden I hear this little voice inside me go, you have a body image issue. And I was like, oh, hell no. Gotta be joking. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to work through this. And as soon as that happened, I started feeling sick. Like, I mean, just like physically ill. Mm. Now, so, at this point, you had lost the weight. I had already lost the weight. So you, yeah, years phys- later. You looked to everybody else like you do now. Yeah. Which is fit and beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, apparently, I had done the physical work and I had worked to do what was on the outside. Right. But on the inside, apparently, there was still some sort of an issue and it was affecting my ability to be able to to live my life purpose. And so literally uh, the day after lab ended, I ended up in the hospital um, or actually I, I got sick and had miscarriage. I didn't know I was pregnant. Oh my And I God. waited six days because I'm like, ah, it's just a spiritual cleansing. I'll just deal with it. I'll be fine. So six days later, I'm in the hospital. And not only do I have surgery that night, the doctors find a, an autoimmune virus in my body called strep group A. Now, this was eating my blood from the inside out. Oh, my God. So I was like 0.2 away from needing a transfusion. And so for four straight days, they've got me in the hospital trying to get my 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 fever down. So I share this story because it's it's a powerful testament to the understanding that I had a lot of self-loathing that was coming to the surface. And autoimmune viruses such as Epstein-Barr, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, you know, strep group A are usually an indication that we have a lot of emotional baggage and a lot of self-judgment that's beneath the surface. And as I sat in that hospital, I realized that's really what's coming to the surface. And until I fix that, I will not be able to leave this hospital. Now, I have to jump in here, Alita. I have a question for you because I know probably some of our listeners would say, you know, if you had a a virus, Mm -hmm. because I actually, for my own self have dealt with my own self-loathing for other, my own reasons, and was seeing someone who practiced applied kinesiology, and he started talking about, you're a step away from autoimmune stuff. And he listed off a bunch of them, like any one of these. And I was like, oh my God, I have to change the way I feel about myself. I could be, I could get something, some kind of autoimmune issue. However, you said you had a virus. So what would you say to someone that says, well, that's, that's a virus. That's a specific thing. What does it have to do with emotions? What would you say to that person? Oh, that's a really great question. So we're going to dabble into consciousness now. And there's this understanding with consciousness. If anybody has heard of the secret, the law of attraction, when we have a certain emotion within us, such as I'm a victim or I'm affected by other people, or other people's choices impact me. That belief creates a bridge for viruses to come into our body. Okay, it's a a virus of the mind. So it's dis-ease of the mind. So when we open up that bridge and we believe that we're a victim, we allow cold and flu viruses, any type of virus that is, you know, um, contagious, quote unquote, to enter into our body and our body to embrace it as identity. Mm. So all of a sudden what happens is we we have these claims, I'm sick, my illness, my disease, right? My injury. We start claiming it as our identity. And what happens is the brain 
the brain doesn't know anything other than to make real of our thoughts. Yeah. So it will literally create the emotions, the hormones, everything to continually support the identity that we're choosing. So, you know, when it comes to virus, when it comes to, you know, autoimmune, either of the two, you know, you really, you really have to bridge the gap um, and understand, you know, what kind of beliefs you're putting out into the world mm -hmm. that are leaving you open and susceptible to those types of things. When you think of the energy of the immune system, all the immune system knows is me, not me. So, you know, when you claim an identity, the immune system is like, oh, that's me. Okay, that's me. Okay, that's me. So I'm just going to keep taking it and I'm going to try to fight it. But, mm, you know, it's, it's, I'm just going to still keep, keep it there. And I'm not going to really be able to, because you're keep holding it. I, I can't really fight it because, because you keep bringing it in. Mm -hmm. So you're just programming the body to accept those viruses and to accept those, those diseases and those illnesses as your own. That is the best explanation of what I asked. I'm floored by that. That's really fast. I have to think on that. Myself. Mind, <laughs> Mind equals blown. Yes. <laughs> and like we went to school together and everything that you're saying like is definitely something that they would preach or talk about. But the way you just broke it down, I think is really, really powerful. And so I look forward to getting this transcript to this so I can like reread it and go, okay, number one, do like understand this, understand that. Like it's, it's amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I truly love this stuff and I, I find myself geeking out on it a lot. <laughs> no, I love this stuff too. I mean, yeah. Okay. Tell us about the law of attraction. Law of Attraction. Wow. So it's something that I found um, right around the time that I was losing weight. Jerry Nestor Hicks, Abraham. Yep. Yep. Um, we love him. Yeah. So good. And it was at a time in my life where I was I was looking for answers. And I remember when I first, I, I read a book, Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. Yes. R.I.P. Wayne Dyer. We love him. Yes. Oh. And he said he said that he had a plaque on his wall that said something to the effect of it was like a reminder that, you know, if if you were looking in on yourself right now, throwing a temper tantrum, you know, you'd be laughing at yourself right now. Because if you knew your your true potential, you'd be laughing at the temper tantrum that you're throwing when you could be creating something different. And it was in that moment I looked back on over the course of my life and thought of all the things. I've been able to make happen by just setting my mind to it, setting the intention and how easy things fall into my lap when I just allow them to. And so when it comes to the law of attraction, you know, the terminology is that which is like unto itself is drawn. So a lot of people, you know, they saw the secret and they're like, oh yeah, I want a million dollars. And so I'm just going to set my intention. I'm going to have a million dollars. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to cross my arms. I'm going to cross my legs and I'm going to wait for it to happen. And when it doesn't happen, people curse the universe. They curse God. They're like, fine, this doesn't work, whatever. Right. Right. But they don't realize they're actually creating the opposite of it because they're so focused on the things that they don't want. They're focused on scarcity. They're focused on lack. They're focused on victim. They're focused on, you know, I never get what I want and people always hurt me and people always backstab me and they, they're creating more of it. So the law of attraction is basically the understanding that the universe is going to give you the only thing that you focus on the most. And if that's lack and that's scarcity, the universe says, I love you so much. I want you to have exactly what you want. And if that's what you're going to focus on, I'm going to give you that in abundance because that's the only way that the universe works. So I teach my clients how to, how to hone in on that. When we decide that we want to change something in our life, 
We have to focus on aligning not only our thoughts, but our actions, our choices, our habits. And we have to really think about that person that we want to become so that, you know, rather than trying to be that person from where we are now, we have to start communicating with that other being and and basically having a conversation, having dialogue. Who do I need to become to get to where you're at? What do I need to change in my life to become where, to, to get to where you're at? You know, we take it a, a step further and, and, you know, quantum physicists are proving that there are infinite realities that are existing right now at this time. So each and every one of us has an infinite number of potential us's that, that exist. That blows my mind. Right? <laughs> when, we get, when we get to that stuff, I'm just like, uh, I, what? How does that even, well, how? That blows my mind. Yeah. So it's really incredible. The, the simplicity of it is, is that when you, when you bring a, a physical matter down to the, the tiniest minute piece, it's not actually matter at all. It's space. It's well, space and time together. It's, it's a wave part of, it's a wave and a particle. Mm-hmm. So it's the wave is potential. And when we, when we, when we're not looking, that wave is in multiple positions. So that electron can be anywhere in the galaxy, right. anywhere that in the universe. That was in what the bleep do we know, I think. Yeah. Exactly. With the basketball, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you as this identity is also in multiple positions. Right. So when you choose to align your thoughts and your actions and your choices to set, you know, a very specific intention to become this person, your waves change that potential can collapse into your physical reality and you can experience that reality for your new identity. Wow. Yeah. And I just want to jump in and say, if anyone listening here is like, this sounds like a bunch of new age woohoo BS, read the book, How Quantum Physics Proves the Existence of the Soul. Because what she's talking about is not like woohoo stuff. This is physics. This is science. So for all of you out there, it's like, I only believe science. This is physics. This is science. This is such a high level of science that most people can't grasp it. Oh, I can't grasp it. No, I know. I can't either. I'm still sitting here scratching my head, but I know it's real. Well, have have you ever read the book Power Versus Force by David Hawkins? Okay, brilliant book, right? Brilliant book. Okay, so when you think about that, okay, everything runs on a scale. So for instance, um, joy would be on a scale. It's not, there's no opposition. It's not, I'm, I'm sad versus joy. It's, I'm either experiencing joy to the fullest or I'm experiencing joy at a zero level, right? So everything calibrates at different levels. So those calibrations are basically measurements of where we are in that wave of potential, what we're aligning with and what we're vibrating with and what we're actually aligning with through law of attraction. And so when we're able to actually kind of pinpoint where our emotions are, where our thoughts are, and what our where our habits are, we're able to tap into the future and see where we're going, what direction we're going, and how we are creating that path for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, Alita, give us some of your tips for how to be healthy from a conscious perspective. Yeah, you know, the first thing you got to do is stop beating yourself up. Uh, your relationship with food is actually why your body responds to food the way that it does. So if you eat something and you feel guilt about it, your body is going to feel sick. Your body is going to get sick because you're ingesting the energy of guilt. So the first thing you've got to do is reframe your relationship with food so that, you know, you're you're not beating yourself up about the food that you're eating, right? That's the first thing. You know, the second thing is gratitude. You know, we talked about that earlier. It's really easy when you're sitting down to a meal to be distracted. 
you know, you, you, we want to be on our phones. We want to be on our laptops. We want to be having conversations. Nobody has sacred meals anymore where they're just one with their food. And that's probably I, hands down one of the, the one tool that clients still come back to me after years. I still have my sacred meal every single week. They turn off all cell phones. They turn off all TV. It's just them and their food. And in that space, they're having gratitude for that moment. And that feeling and that sensation of gratitude allows them to literally what I call making love with their food. You know, if you're not in the moment with your food and you're not, you're not thankful for, you know, experiencing with your five senses, you're missing out on so much of the food and being a foodie myself, you know, I completely understand. Like that was one of the one things that I had to learn. One of the major things that I had to learn, um, because I would eat really fast or I'd eat and I'd be like, Oh, well, I shouldn't eat that much. Or, you know, Oh, so-and-so would think I'm fat and Oh, are my jeans going to fit tomorrow? You know? So when you're present in the moment with your food and you're feeling and experiencing gratitude, uh, and you're able to experience with the five senses. Now, all of a sudden, that present moment awareness allows you to be present to the thoughts that are coming up, right? So, you know, when you're when you're in that space and when you're enjoying food and you're feeling the vibration of the food coming into your body, that's when you you notice that these thoughts are now coming into your head and you're you're noticing they don't feel good anymore. They're no longer in alignment anymore. So it's just a progression of you know, reframing the relationship that you have with food. And and once you start doing that, you start to notice that you make better food choices. You make better exercise choices. You want to go out and, and be fit. You want to go out and, you know, park your car a little bit farther from the door. You know, you start to make little changes that all of a sudden your whole life begins to exhibit uh, that that health. But from that conscious perspective, it literally starts with presence not beating yourself up and and taking a new approach. You know, who do I want to be with in relationship with my food? And so is that something you did when you were in the process, when you lost 80 pounds? Were you doing that at every meal? Were you doing that at a few meals? Like, because I know some people could argue like, well, I'm at work and I'm with a bunch of people that I have to eat with, or I'm at my desk by myself and I can't tune out. I have to be on those emails. Like, is that something you did? Like, how can someone do this if they're in that rat race or that grind of their day to day? Look, I, I'm, I'm kind of a bitch when it comes to this with my clients. Um, I, <laughs> I will be the first one to tell you, grow a pair and take ownership for your life. You really want something bad enough, you'll make time for it. You know, how many people spend countless hours on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or on their emails where they could actually sit down and have a meal? You know, um, and it's in those moments when we when we're not being present that we believe that our life is out of control. So, you know, for those people, you know, you've got to really weigh out your priorities. You've got to figure out what's most important to me right now at this point in my life. And as we talked about earlier, aligning with that ideal you, you know, that ideal you uh, for me, you know, was a lot less than I was when I first started. And I, I made myself a vision board to remind myself of where I wanted to go. So I would make those choices every single day. And whereas, you know, at that point, my normal habit was to wake up first thing and turn on the TV. But I put that vision board right in front of me. So instead of turning on the TV, I would make my smoothie and I'd go straight to the gym. And I started progressively changing those habits. And even though it was like, oh, but what about the news? Or what about this? Or what if I'm not informed? You know, but, <laughs> oh my gosh, the world is going to end because I didn't watch the news. But, um, but that being said, when I started realizing, okay, the world's not going to come crashing down if I take 15 minutes to myself. 
everything is not going to end, right? At that point, I realized that, okay, so my choices are going to create a new reality. And if I really, truly want that reality, I have to be, I have to take ownership. And uh, Stephen Covey uses the word response hyphen ability, right? You have the ability to respond. So, you know, your life is your own. And if you truly want it bad enough, you will make it a priority. I love that book. What's it called? The Stephen Covey book? Uh, Seven Seven Habits Habits. of Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Highly successful people. Yeah, Yeah, that one. (laughs) Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. That's a good one. We'll put that That in the the show notes because Mm -hmm. you think that it's just going to be like, here are the tools to success, but it's got a lot of spiritual elements in it. So I like that one. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the other thing about it too is that we're so – you know, we're so programmed to try to look for in human nature, we're wanting that quick fix. We want somebody to tell us how to do it and when to do it and what to do. But the problem is, is that each and every one of us is so unique that there is no one size fits all. So when you can separate yourself from that idea and stop seeking a quick fix and realize that you're making a lifelong commitment, that is when things can change for you. Because if you, if you're looking for that, that quick fix, that magic pill, it does not exist. And and when you understand that this is a lifelong commitment, internally you're going to change. Your mindset's going to change. Your habits are going to change. The people are going to change, you know, and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I don't want to paraphrase or, or simplify what you're saying, but it's like the magic pill doesn't exist. The magic pill is within yourself. There's no drug you can take or diet you can follow or meditation you can do that's going to change everything. You have to change everything and you have the power within yourself. And don't forget that. There's no guru that can help you. Like you can go see a counselor, you can go see an intuitive. And I love doing that stuff because it's helpful. However, when it comes down to it, it's all within here. Yeah. And I think that's really hard sometimes for people to really accept. I have a friend who would call things like that, you got to eat your peas. Like you got to do your hard work. You got to do your inner work. You got to like be honest with yourself, honest where, with where you're at and where you want to go. And you got you to gotta eat your peas. You got to, you know, <laughs> do your work and, and take response and responsibility for your own shit, I think was what you said yes, earlier. Exactly. <laughs> For more with Alina, go back to Food Heals episode 43. Yes, another one. I delved deep into the archives for. And if you're fascinated by what Alita was talking about, you know, with Abraham Hicks and manifestation and the law of attraction, I delve really, really deeply into that in my three-week course, Food Freedom, at dropthefoodshame.com. I really go into how to manifest from a place of joy and not fear. I know so many of us are kind of manic manifest manifesting and manifesting what we don't want because we're in a state of worry rather than a state of joy, or we don't believe we can have the things that we say we want. So we're unable to create space for those things, right? The universe is always matching our vibration. So in the course, I teach you how to vibrate at a higher state so that you can attract the things that you want, whether it is better health, more energy, a better body, it could be a new career or a new love, whatever it is, we have to be vibrating high in order to receive. And so I dive really, really deep into how to do that in the three-week course at dropthefoodshame.com. Check that out. And finally, in the last clip, Susie and I are chatting with Jay and Joy, also known as the Jing Slingers, along with gorgeously green Sophie Uliano on their best weight loss advice for the new year. Roll it, Roxy. If someone 
is listening and they're like, my New Year's intention is truly to release weight, what advice would you give them to get started? I think I know for for the people that are put in front of us that you need to know where that came from mm. um, because there isn't one size fits all. And that's what's so right. frustrating. You know, yep. the newest diet that's now on the front of, you know, Glamour magazine and Cosmo magazine and on, you know, five different television shows. And then they do it and then they, like you say, crash and burn and they fail. And then they feel like, ugh, nothing works for me. They jump right from this doesn't work for you to nothing works for me. Yes. What we tell people is where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. What are you willing to do? Big thing right there. And now let's see where you are now. This red hot minute, you know, and it, this comes down to like a little bit of the, the biology geek of us. You know, we want to know what your blood type, you know, what's going on in your blood. We want to know your hormones. We want to know, we want to know where you live because sometimes it's the environment. Sometimes yeah. it's, you'd be, you'd be shocked to see what kind of um, VOCs come off plastic blinds and keep people, keep uh, 10 pounds of weight on people. Like things like that. Wait, what? wait you're looking at my. You just looked, just at, looked, my at, blinds. Blinds. Yeah. looked at our blinds. So the podcast blinds are keeping us back. We got to do something. Take them about off. Them. They're not plastic. I'm take no, them they're not plastic. They're I'm just metal. saying it, it's never just one thing. So when you when you teach people to look for the spectrum and then to take those things off in shaves, then they have more success and not necessarily in two days or two weeks or ten right. pounds in five days. Right. It's 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 over a period of time, and then it also has to do with how they feel and think about what they're doing. The best piece of advice is to, first of all, know your meat suit. Literally know it. Know it because we know more about our cell phones. We can pick up our phone. I don't care if you're two years old or 102 years old, and you can you know, text or email the poop emoji in two seconds. But if I told you to point to your thymus, you got, I got nothing. <laughs> so I'm even thinking about that. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> so if we know at least half as much about we do about our mechanical things as we do about our own physical vehicle that takes us through this amazing thing, which is life, then it, it helps you navigate a little better because what's working for you may not work for your husband or your right. spouse or your sister or what have you. Yeah. So we find out what their blood type is. You know, we we give them like a, a little protocol about. Find out these things, bring those tests back, and then we can then we have a, a broad picture about what works best for you because it may be a whole different kind of protocol for you than it is for someone else because ultimately what we want to be able to do is give them the navigation tools to be able to get where they want to go and us not be the hand-holding guru. Right. We want to show them, we want to give them tools. So by giving them tools to be able to do this and showing them how to do um, and where to get to where they want to be, I think is the is the most important thing. It's never just one thing. It's ne- it's not just one retreat. It's not just one guru. It's not just one piece of cake or a different way to make coffee. It it has to do with a um, a bunch of things that make that picture. Again, like I said, everything's a recipe. So we get to, we try to find the best ingredients to make that recipe be who you want to be. It sounds you know pretty hefty, but the truth of it is is that otherwise you're really just kind of you know tilting at windmills. No, we want the truth. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weight loss is a metabolic and hormonal response in the body. Mm-hmm. So if you're going into something saying, okay, I'm going to eat this way for two weeks to lose X amount of pounds, like you've already lost. Right. Uh, I agree. Um, you know. Crash diets don't work. People will starve themselves to lose 20 pounds and then regain 25. Mm-hmm. Um, that's metabolic response. Mm-hmm. So doing the things that promote a proper hormonal response, because here's the truth. It's not calories in and calories out. It's quality of food, first of all. You burn the majority of your fat when you're sleeping. 
you know, with a proper hormonal metabolic response. So the things that influence uh, metabolism and hormones are, of course, you know, food, light, and temperature. So things like cold therapy um, can be fantastic. Doing cryotherapy, doing actually... Just did cryo. It was amazing. Uh, you lose bath. weight? Yes. Oh, yeah. It yeah. burns like hundreds of calories in three minutes, right? Oh, because you're shaking so much. Okay. <laughs> it, actually, it actually sets up your nerve force. It's a whole nother level. It's a, when you do cryotherapy and you do it regularly, you set up your nerve force. It also gets rid of... It creates um, a lot of different responses in the body, but I don't want to, you know, go ahead. It's, it's well, for, for Susie's science geekery, we'll, we'll yes. get into this. We'll get, it, it, it actually, out. Come on. It, it's actually, um, and this this gets into Jack, Dr. Jack Cruz's work, who's a um, neurosurgeon. It, it actually works on uh, an ancient mammalian pathway in the hypothalamus, um, the super charismatic nuclei. And that's uh, hot. I'm sorry. That was all the I was just going to inappropriately say, Jay, if I wasn't married, you know, next year. So, our, our bodies are, are influenced by light hormonally, which is, you know, our cortisol and melatonin levels. And we actually discussed that in our last podcast together. Yep. Cold and temperature will actually dominate the light. So if you're in a cold environment, if you're doing like ice baths or you're doing cryo, I actually think ice baths are, are, are the best. But being exposed to cold temperature like that activates this pathway in us that actually sheds weight and can reverse leptin insensitivity, yeah. which le- leptin is the, the hormone uh, responsible for, for weight loss. It's actually the master hormone. And just like you can have insulin resistance, you can have leptin resistance. And, Ah. you know, when you have leptin resistance, it's a much more complicated issue. It's not just eating the right food may not be enough and probably isn't going to be enough. You have to really reverse this um, sensitivity in you. Exercise is another is one of the best ways. So to reverse leptin. Yes. So in studies where they had people actually do um, calorie restriction um, and, and lose weight through calorie restriction. The only two ways that people could keep off the weight is by exercise and by cold therapy. And it's because when you lose weight and you lose weight through calorie restriction, your body has a set point and hormonally it is going to jack up your hormones to put that weight back on. You have to have the proper therapies to balance that hormonal response so that your body will, will attain its new set point. And exercise and cold therapy are are the two ways of of doing that. Now, of course, also, you know, you can't be eating, uh, you know, GMO snack foods either, you know, all the organic. But I think people listening to this podcast, you know, have the probably the food part kind of more dialed in. We're all trying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the work he was talking about, that's Dr. Jack Cruz, K-R-U-S-E. He like I said, he's a neurosurgeon and he not only did it for himself, he's done it for thousands of people and it works He's also uh, one of the people who, one of our mentors, and when he just spoke about what we talked about in the last podcast about the light mm-hmm. and um, and the, the Nobel Prize that's coming out about, you know, mitochondrial dysfunction, um, it's a whole new world here in a real short period of time. You're going to hear it, and it's going to explode. Again, a couple of different conferences in the last, you know, half of the year have made some huge leaps in that where people now mainstream are going to be able to um, not only afford it, but be able to understand it. And it's going to make a huge difference in a lot of people. Everybody's going to be wearing orange glasses really soon. Yeah. Tonight. 
I know a lot of people that have them now, yeah. I, yeah. and I personally don't, but it's about time I, I got some. Mm-hmm. And that's that whole social thing, like, I don't want to look weird, okay, but, or do you want, it's like, what are you willing to do? I want to biohack my health and live to 100, so yeah. I'm going to be yeah. the weirdo. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Just really quick, I'll just say, um, we just recently had um, a new client who we were doing coaching with, and she's super, super energy sensitive, EMF sensitive, and um, we got an email from her the other day saying and one of her issues was with staying asleep with having you know good deep sleep she's like i got the orange glasses and wore them last night and i slept so wait you wear them as you sleep no 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 no, you before as the sun Sun goes down you put them on so that the artificial light isn't stimulating a cortisol response and suppressing melatonin in your brain and the other thing you can do for so sorry so for her it was like a total game changer like first night she noticed a huge difference in her sleep i'm so in i'm in Mm -hmm. that's right and and even on your phones like your phone will have it it's called twilight yeah i have it and and on your your computer night shift or it's called flux and people don't even know it's there but it's a tool for you just to it doesn't even cost anything you put it on all of a sudden you start making those those little tiny those baby steps Mm -hmm. that the beautiful miss sophie was talking about something like that will start to make a difference then you layer that you know with magnesium baths and blah 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 and, and all of a sudden now you're sleeping well then your hormones are better and then you feel better and you start losing a little weight it's, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty interesting stuff the way our you know the the complexity of this you know amazing it's all machine connected. yeah mm-hmm. that we call our bodies mm-hmm. the meat suit yeah i know you like the meat suit <laughs> i love that when you told when you first said that when we were first on i was like that's amazing it is a meat suit yeah, yeah. Understanding that. Ms. Sophie. You know, I like to try, I really like to try and shift the focus away from weight loss to health mm. and, and, and how you feel because, you know, it's just extraordinary when we do take the big picture for a minute and we dial back and we see, you know, the different populations, you know, on the planet who are, you know, who don't have this obsession, you know, yeah. with weight loss for one reason or another. And, So it's, you know, it is about being healthy and, you know, health comes in all different shapes and sizes, you know, living here in LA with this sort of extra obsession of weight loss, a little bit, um, bit. (laughs) is, is, you know, is, is a little in of itself is, is unhealthy. So I would almost say with clients, the first thing that I would ask is, you know, why, why, why is it? What doesn't, what isn't feeling good? Mm-hmm. And then to start really dialing in, as Joy and Jaya both said, to the holistic picture, because like both of you have said, it is never just one thing. You know, my dad is 93 years old. My mum and dad actually defy so much of, of everything, but he's 93 years old. Do they read all your books? Yeah, they do. <laughs> but completely, my dad disagrees with almost everything I say. Oh my God. And he's like, good God, that's ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> but he's a picture of health, this man. Wow. Talk about GMO snacks. He doesn't even, I mean, he eats so much sugar and candy and chocolate and he loves his life and he loves food, but he exercises mm. like a demon mm. every day. And he really is defying the odds of disease aging and he is in great shape I mean there's not anybody you know he's got muscles in his abs you know and my mom same deal that's what they do so I think exercise is is a massive component and it cannot be underlooked because we can eat all the healthy food but if we are not exercising and I so strongly believe that 
our, bod- our bodies can be fat burning machines. And I think what's so exciting is that if you, uh, and interestingly, I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years, but over the last two years, I've got into doing a lot more strength training mm-hmm. because I'm really understanding that, you know, by building my mu- muscle mass, then, you know, my body is basically using up calories and energy while I'm sleeping. At rest. Yeah. At rest. And then and it also way too complicated to go into but that also really plays into hormonal balance as well so it's very exciting so I would say in short the most important thing first off just ask yourself why and try and focus on health second make sure that your exercise is you're killing it with your exercise and that means probably challenging yourself to do something that you couldn't easily do last week so if you could easily do an hour on a treadmill last week you should not be doing that next week you should have it on an incline or you should be doing something change it up and do something completely different My final thing, because this is just my philosophy, is that I really wholeheartedly believe in a whole food plant-based diet because plants contain disease-fighting compounds and fat-storage-prohibiting compounds naturally found in our beautiful plant kingdom. Mm. And so I found in the numerous clients that I've worked with that that particular diet, I personally believe, is very helpful. Not to mention you'll eat a tremendous amount of fiber and that helps. Mm-hmm. Yes, and in my experience, I liked to eat big portions, and then when I went vegan, I could still eat the big portions and lose weight. So I know it's kind of win-win. That was good for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're like me, just think about it. I would like just to add one thing on on the exercise component because it is something former that... gym rat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gold's gym. Gold's gym. Plymouth, what Massachusetts. Plymouth, Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, just because I've known. A number of people who fall into this trap, um, actually our uh, friend and mentor Dave Asprey is one of them. When people are overweight, they think that over-exercising and doing tons and tons of cardio is the answer yeah, uh, because of the like burning calories myth. You actually get a much better uh, fat burning metabolism response from shorter burst exercises and interval interval training. And if you're over-exercising and overdoing cardio, it can actually do the opposite and create a lot of inflammation and actually hold hold the fat on and deplete your entire endocrine system and hormones. So true. Well, thank you so much. We're going to have to do an entire exercise episode (laughs) because we've covered a lot. So we should just do jumping jacks in a walk-in freezer in intervals of... No, I'm kidding. Joke, never mind. No, no, no. Keep going. You're on the right track here. Jumping jacks, could be the new thing. I'm in, I'm in. All right, I hope you enjoyed that clip with Sophie and the Jingslingers. To hear the full podcast, go back to episode 185 of Food Heals. And I hope you enjoyed the other interviews as well. If you're looking for more weight loss inspiration, check out my free course, Five Steps to Food Freedom, where I share my top five ways to get you on the path to health, wellness, and sustainable long-term weight loss. That's at freeweightlosscourse.com. And if you want to delve deeper and create a plan for yourself to truly end emotional eating, drop the body shame, and lose the weight for good, I do have a three-week course for that. It will teach you how to do it at dropthefoodshame.com. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.